Welcome back, Draft Crafters. We are in the midweek episode, which means shenanigans are abounding. I've already had to tell JP to maybe not you like cough into the mic. Whatever. Point is, we are continuing on what we did last time. We're going to talk some big leg brewing because we still have more beers from them to try because we couldn't do all them on a Saturday because we're responsible about our beverages. And then we've also got the second half of our, more or less, you and I both drafted top 22s out of who we think are coming out in the 2023 draft before the season even starts. Or you just say we made starting rosters. Starting rosters. Minus kickers My depth punters. chart is killing Dan's right now. Yeah, debatable. Much love to the kickers and punters out there who got caught in the crossfire. And fullbacks. And fullbacks who got caught in the crossfire of all the ridiculousness of what we're trying to do here. So what we did was we basically went through the first 21 picks, whatever. Point is, we started a snake draft, so we're doing two each. So I'm going to start with 22. my two. 22 picks. We did 21 picks because of how the numbers work out. Semantics. Point is, today we're going to talk about a couple different things. One, we're talking about the mango habanero haze from Big Lake Brewing, which, again, I want to point out, we're not – we're not sponsored by Big Lake yet. They're not paying us to drink their beer yet. So I grabbed a bunch of them. We're going to have some fun with them. And the mango habanero, here's what we can say. It's hazy. Yes, that's nice. It's mango. A little bit. Sure. The habanero, though, like comes on the back end and slaps Super you in the face. Super delayed. Very late on the, on the so back like, end. It's like, man, I didn't get anything spicy. And you're like, well, oh, yeah, yeah. There so, it is. There it is. So far, we can both uh. agree that of the big link ones we've tried, we got a few more random ones that they have that are ones you can only get at the brewery, which is the fun part about going to any brewery. Which, again, reminder: anybody who has a brewery they like, there's play, there, there's beers at those breweries. There's again, for those of the, the distilleries, there's there's spirits at those places that they only give out to people who are at those places. So we've been to Shorts in the past where Shorts is a brewery that's up in northern Michigan. They only have stuff there. Founders. A lot of people know Founders. A lot of brewery people know. Brewery exclusives. Exactly. They know Centennial IPA. They know All Day IPA. They know some of the other ones, random here and there. But the ones that are exclusive to the brewery, go to a brewery and try them out. And again, none of them are telling us to do this. We're just trying to help you guys. Point is, the mango habanero haze, you love yourself some spicy stuff. You have a shaker full of ghost pepper powder. And Carolina Reaper, man. And Carolina Reaper powder, because you're But nuts. the problem is, is I typically only like spicy stuff like on food. Mm-hmm. But I do love a spicy Bloody Mary. Right, and so, all those are fun. And I will say this, and then it was on previous episodes, mm-hmm. but I really, 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 really enjoy the... Uh, Bourbon barrel aged Maya Mocha Stout, right? And that Maya Mocha Stout is definitely spicy, right? So. Which, which, but let's be honest, that's it kind of a delish. hybrid. Oh, it's it, so good! It, it's a bit of a hybrid between you it love is, and bourbon but it's barrel aged so stuff. So good! It's so good. You love the bourbon barrel aged stuff even more mm-hmm. than you love the spicy stuff. That's mm-hmm. a hot take, but yeah, spicy take. So the, the mega habanero. And I again, see what you did there. I like. Yeah, I like spicy food, but I I've learned over the years that spicy food and I it's a fight. I had. I'm not kidding you. Um, so we did a, we did an episode Saturday. We played some golf, and I'm gonna blame. Uh, oh, I got another thing. I can blame golf. My my terrible golf game on from Saturday. I can also blame on having a spicy Chick Fil A sandwich at like oh, 11:30 p.m. That's my that's my my thing. I okay. I, I don't have okay I, I'm okay pulling a straws here. Yeah. yeah. Point okay. is, I've it's getting learned- pretty thick in here. Audience, it's getting pretty with, thick with the with the donkey beverage, bev- like like the the excrement. Is, Clearly, is we know who won on Saturday. Yeah, get over it. All right, so 
my point is what I can't get over is what happens to me when I eat spicy food. I used to be able to eat it. I used to be able to smash it. Not at your level. I will defer to you. You love spicy food, and mm. you can take spicy food more than I can. But I used to be able to eat, like, Blazing Wings and beat up, stuff like that. And now, Child's play. Well, right. I can now, but I will pay for it on the back end, literal no. and figurative. And so I'm a little more careful with my spicy. I just get angry when, like, you can't drink beer to get on a wall of flames. Like, there ain't no flame on your wall. This is child's play. <laughs> You're a strange you know, I'm going to drink my beer. My point being, you love spicy stuff. I mm-hmm. enjoy spicy stuff, but I know my limits. My point being the mango habanero haze, which is, it's not, it tastes fine. It's not bad, but it doesn't have what it says it's going to have. There's not much habanero in that mango haze. There's a little bit of mango, a little bit of habanero, and a little bit of haze. Yeah, there's not much habanero. It's not what we were expecting when, when I saw it on the label. So Sorry, that was me sipping a beer. Right. Bad. And so points to Big Lake again. We appreciate any, any uh, brewery that's going to try new things. Big Lake has some awesome stuff. This one, they do great with some. Not my favorite. It's better than that crazy, weird Austin <laughs> Powers beer we had last time. We did. We my we goodness. Up, we wrapped up with Big Lakes. What if Minskin was American and Minskin is like this Himalayan shaved cat, basically? Like again, like Austin Powers. That Ter- style. Terrible juice. Exactly. Terrible so, juice. Again, they tried. We didn't like it. Other people might like it. Point is, we didn't. But what I do like, and I'm going to jump into the draft now with my next pick, which I guess is my 22nd pick, whatever. Point is, we're moving on. Second half of our first round, if you and I were picking players, Zion Nelson. Part of the reason why I picked him was because you took my boy from Northwestern, and and, and Pete was off the clock. But Zion Nelson is 6'5". He's 316. He's 35-inch arms. Point is, he is more or less what you expect out of a tackle prospect coming out in the NFL. And he had a very good season. He only had a few sacks in the last couple seasons. I think he's six sacks total over the last last two years. And so he's a guy who, uh, admittedly, when you're projecting tackles to the NFL, there's a lot of guys that might end up being guards when they come to the next level. I think Johnson can play tackle, but wherever you put him, he's going to be in good shape. He's not really beaten by the speed rushers. He's a very technical guy. He's got the athleticism and the length to be able to play at different points. I'm okay having him as my right tackle, and I think a lot of NFL teams would be as well. My second player that I'm taking, because we're doing this back-to-back thing. He's okay with him being his right tackle until he realizes that, uh, well, Will Anderson and Miles Murphy are on the other other side. side. I'll put him against Miles. No, you're not. In my mind. This Mm -hmm. works out in my mind. All right, moving on. Eli Ricks, who is a LSU slash Alabama player, and I give him both of those because he just moved to Alabama this year because – the transfer portal, we thought it might be like a small school to big school, big school to small school. No, it's just anybody who wants to move anywhere apparently is what's happening. And Alabama will take anyone at all times. And so they took Eli Ricks, who is an incredibly good corner, and they're putting him in Alabama now. But as a sophomore last year, he had a QB rating of 84.4. Now, you might think, oh, well, that's out of 100. No, that's out of like 200 plus. So he had a very solid QB rating. He had uh, he only had like five interceptions over the last two years, but still solid as a freshman, All-America uh, in 2020, and then was a 2020 freshman All-American as well. This kid is very solid. He made it, didn't have quite the same numbers last year. Part of that's because, one, he's a sophomore. Two, teams were keying on him. I still think he's going to be a very solid player next year. And um, I'm pretty content having him locked down my other side. And so is Alabama. Let's be honest. They're ready for him. Are they, though? 
Yes. My Are they ready for Miles Murphy or Will Anderson? My corners. You, you, like, Will Anderson goes against him in practice. Like, my oh. corners are better than your corners. He doesn't go against them. You think so? Killy Will Ringo? and Eli. Will and Eli are hanging out having a good time. Ringo? Come mm. on. You're, you're, a Beatle, Ringo. you're a Beatles fan. Who you else should you got? know better. We'll get to him later. You should know better. All right. Get to your next two picks. Okay. I went back to the old line with the first pick on uh, this episode. I went with uh, my man, my bro, bro Derek Jones. Is he your bro? Uh, I guess so. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Georgia, playing in the SEC, like, it's solid size, 6'4", 315. I mean, maybe he ends up being a guard. Mm -hmm. Who knows? We're, we didn't really specify how all that goes. We just picked five <laughs> linemen, I guess. I distinctly remember you saying at one point, I took four tackles. Well, because they do play tackle, but I'm saying sure. when they get to the NFL, are they going to be tackles? Right. Mm, to be determined. Right. Right. So, uh, but bro, Derek, man, he's a former five-star recruit, but it, crazy. He's played like almost 500 snaps. Mm. That's, that is huge. <laughs> if you've played 500 snaps in the SEC and held your own and done a good mm -hmm. job, like full-time starter. And I think this, I think this year he's actually going to be moving to left tackle. So, I mean, we'll see. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to to your point, I've said I've taken four tackles, but right. we'll see. He hasn't been a tackle. That's why right. I took him as not a tackle, but maybe he can be. I don't know yet. So, a lot of this, obviously, is to be determined. But, um, bro, Derek Jones, I mean, he's a hell of a player. He was the number two offensive tackle coming out of high school. But I just – I see him playing the SEC – and you start that many games, and you play so mm -hmm. well, and you see all these players come out of this college. I mean, what else do you say about an offensive lineman? Like, the number one stat is, are you on the field, and are you performing? Yes. I can say I'm annoyed about how the SEC gets so much love. Well, everybody <laughs> is, but I'm just saying, I feel yeah. very, very confident in 6'4", 6'5", 300-plus old linemen mm -hmm. uh, playing in the SEC and starting that many games. So Somewhere. Yeah. Wherever yeah. he ends up on your line, he's a plug-and-play guy. Yep. Plug and play. Uh, with, the, with my second pick for the day, guess what? Shocker what? for me. Yeah. Super shocker. Man, I don't even know. How do I defend this? <laughs> Go for it. Let's I don't know how. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with everybody listening to this podcast, okay? Appreciate it. I have to. I mean, we all know quarterback's the most important position. We all know I have a bias against Ohio State. We all know I have a bias <laughs> against Alabama. But right, if you haven't figured it out yet, I pulled the trigger on the first quarterback. Yeah. I took Will Levis. Okay. That's not an Ohio State or an Alabama quarterback. No, he's not. Uh-huh. He's not. He's definitely a Wildcat, a Kentucky Wildcat, if you will. And he definitely was maybe like the seven, 700th prospect coming out <laughs> of high school or some craziness. But – what I can say is he does have prototypical NFL size, like six four, two twenty two. He he's he is a good quarterback. I haven't I like I still I reserve the right to sit and watch all these quarterbacks more in depth because what I will say <laughs> is for the current quarterbacks that I know they're coming out of the draft, like I zero in on them. And if you're not coming out of college and going to the NFL, mm -hmm. I don't really watch you all that closely. Because I'm not a GM. I don't need to plan for the future or this or that. Like the year, the year is now. Like I'm not mm -hmm. a scout. I'm not a GM. I'm just looking. I'm watching the guys very closely that are, are expected to come out. This guy was not expected to come out last year, nor was 
Stroud or Young. Granted, mm-hmm. I saw a hell of a lot more of those guys. But right. what I will say is this. Since this past year's NFL draft, I watched the tape. The dude does look <laughs> – he looks very good. <laughs> he looks like the real deal. And like I said, what I, what I was going to be honest about on this podcast is – I do listen to some other podcasts here and there. As you should. But uh, my guy's Joe Marino, mm-hmm. or my guy Joe Marino, and there's Sycama on there as well, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Um, on the draft dudes, like they, this is their number one guy too. Mm-hmm. And I was leaning towards C.J. Stroud, and maybe I just needed somebody to edge me off that to not root <laughs> for a Ohio okay. State player. Right. But like they're pounding the table for him too. And the thing was, is like I, I watched, I've I've seen a few games, and it's like, I think this is the guy, maybe, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But then I see, I see and hear everyone else is talking about Bryce Young, Heisman, sure. CJ, CJ Stroud, Heisman, and it's like, man, ah, uh, you know, maybe I'm crazy, you know. Well, maybe here's crazy. what you. But can maybe do. I'm not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now I'm starting to hear other people say the same <laughs> things that I was saying. So I pulled the trigger because it was an excuse for me not to have an Alabama or Ohio State quarterback. Boom, go down. Well, if you want to feed that a little more for you, you can go to levis7.com, which is his website. He has a website? Everybody's got a website now. Any any player that's going to go up towards the top of the level with the NIL stuff and stuff like that, and you'll appreciate it because his logo is basically him with a lightning his bolt. His logo? The lightning I'm bolt. I'm liking him less. Well, no, no, you'll like him because the lightning bolt kind of reminds you of Tampa Bay Lightning. No. At any rate, not uh, impressed. Will Levis and Levis7.com. Dude, you play know football, get to the NFL, Anymore? and then figure out your TB12 didn't have a logo until he won like 17 Super Bowls. The internet wasn't really a thing in 99. <laughs> take the money when you can get it. Point is, Will Levis Go has got a website. Take the money Good for him. Uh, and uh, I'm going to leave my quarterback because you took Levis this early in our draft. Yeah, so you had nothing to worry about. I so we weren't sat. taking backups. No. I sat on this for a long time. We Should might be your last about, pick. Right. It was damn near it. We'll get to that later. But I sat on quarterback for a while and said, fine, I'll take some other guys. And we'll talk about guys that we didn't make our list maybe because let's be honest, there's more than two or three quarterbacks that are going to make uh, most people's top 25, top 32, if you will, for the first round. Uh, but I decided to go a different route and decided I needed to bolster my uh, defense a little more. And I went with Isaiah Foskey, who is – a one of those DL edge kind of guys. He's six five. He's two sixty, which means he can play a couple different spots. He's probably not a defensive lineman like interior tackle kind of nose tackle kind of guy, but he's the kind of player where if you stuck him in a spot in a passing down, he can probably come up and make a play happen. He's four seven two at six five two sixty, so he's he's exactly what you expect out of a guy who's going to play on the edge. And he five hundred snaps over that as a uh, as a junior, and again eleven sacks. Coming out, again, he played Notre Dame. Sure, you can knock him as much as you want for that with the schedule they played. But he still played some solid guys. He plays with leverage. He, he's he got versatility. He can move around the line. He's got really good snap anticipation. This is a solid player for your defensive line, no matter where you're going to go. Any thoughts on Isaiah? Oh, he was one of the main players. A super bum that you grabbed. Yeah, right? well. But here's the thing. I I. I couldn't be super bummed that you grabbed him, because guess what, folks? I got Will Anderson and Miles Murphy. Who may or may not be. I can't take a backup. Well, they might be the best guys, but they might not be. We'll see what happens. We will suck. There's a whole season ahead of us. Hold on to that. Which is why I think, look, this next guy 
you really like, whether you, whether you want to admit it or not, Joey Porter Jr. Because his dad taught him how to hit people. That's what you're hanging your hat on? <laughs> no. Joey Porter Jr. is a six foot two inch, two hundred pound corner. And if you can be at that size and hang with his corners, initials are legit. No, <laughs> JPJ. <laughs> you yeah. is JPJ, All right, JP, hang on. So as a junior though, uh, he he had a pretty solid like eighty four for a quarterback rating. Uh, he, he's forced some pass breakups. He's a very solid cornerback, aggressive guy, can tackle well. Again, where you're going to put him in the defensive secondary is a question mark because he can play corner. He can probably be a safety as well with that size. So he's got some versatility there, and he's a guy that I feel solid about. And, again, his dad taught him how to hit people. I don't care. You can say you can hang your hat on him or not. But still, the man knows how to hit people. He has good ball skills. He's good agility. He's good instincts. Solid player. Very happy to have him in my backfield. You got next. I got a guy who's better than all your guys. Not I'm true. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, no, I do have a guy who's fantastic, okay? So, I don't know if I could go as far as I, – I, part of me, it's a lazy comparison, okay? Yeah, you are lazy. It's super lazy. It really, really is. You're not but lazy. but Jack Campbell is a guy who was playing a little bit of tight end, ends up being a linebacker for Iowa. And here's the thing. Iowa players pan out. Like, I'm, I do. still want to – find some sort of data that <laughs> disproves my theory of people from the players that come out of Iowa mm-hmm. have a fi, far, fi, far higher success rate sure. than players that come from any other university. In certain positions, yeah. No, I'm going to say I'll be as bold as saying across the board. Okay. They have the highest success rate mm-hmm. going from college to the NFL of any university. And Jack Campbell, who is your pick in this spot, is on the Bednarik watch list for defensive players. As he should be. As he should be. Dude had 140 tackles last year. (laughs) 140 tackles. But here's the thing. You can't fake that. In today's NFL, if you're going to be a linebacker or whatever it is you're doing, you Mm. either need to have the crazy, crazy athleticism, you know, like the the Devons from a Mm. couple years ago, the Devin Bush (laughs) and uh, Devin White running your 4-4, 4-5, 40s. But – or or you could be like the Leighton Vanderesh, which is mm-hmm. my lazy comparison, just because he's a six foot five, two hundred and forty pound linebacker. We both like him too. That's the I thing. really do, but I'm just saying he's a obviously it it kind of goes into the fact that he was a tight end converted to a linebacker, but mm-hmm. six foot five, two forty, okay, getting hundred and forty tackles this past season. And today being a passing league and everybody utilizing the tight end more and more, and this mm-hmm. is a guy who's played that position and knows how it goes. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, who's your tight end? I got Michael Mayer. I'll get to him later. I'm a crusher tight end. Well, well, Jack we'll Campbell's a better tight end than your tight end, and he plays linebacker. We'll talk about it later. Uh, point being. I will. I, I broke the high score. Yeah, well, we'll get to that later. Point being, I will give you full props for that because yeah, I think you're going to see more and more guys that are tight ends that get moved over to linebacker because of that versatile like, – you're looking for a guy who can match up on a tight end. On my team, not your team. Who's your linebacker? Well, I'd like to po- – we'll get to him later. But I would like to my point bad. out – I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little drop in ahead of time. Right, He's right, the guy right. that made Campbell move positions. We'll get to him later. Continue. Okay. Who you got next? We'll see. Uh, I went back to defense. Okay. Go figure. I went with uh, my guy Cam Smith. I want to point out that when I was pulling up notes on Cam Smith, first thing came up was the golfer. Full props to a guy who who locked it down and knocked out the uh, the British Open and now is the Open champion. 
Good for him, Cam Smith. Moving on to Cam Smith, the South Carolina the corner. Let's see what he's got. Cam, Cam Smith's just a guy who continuously proves himself. I mean, I'm not going to say that he didn't. Well, like, in a we, fight, I take him over the golfer. Of course. <laughs> well, but what I'm getting at is it's not like he was like I – mean, he was still a four-star recruit. Right. Right, coming out of high school. I think sure. he was the second overall player mm-hmm. in South Carolina. But Cam Smith, like, he's – I'm not gonna go ahead and say that he he's got Do my it. my eye test. No, I'm not gonna say that. Good. I'm not gonna say it. But he's he's close. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Gamecocks got something going on over here. This guy he's not creating an absurd amount of turnovers, but five turnover five picks mm-hmm. specifically in, in the past couple of years. Um, think he even had a forced fumble in there because mm-hmm. because he's got good size. He, sure. It's not great, but he's got good. He's got great height. As a cornerback, but six one, he's probably maybe one eighty, one ninety. Right, probably be around two hundo by the time he he goes to the pros. Mm-hmm. But um, extremely athletic guy. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just good. And again, I hate saying it over and over. He's playing in the SEC. <laughs> well, he's I making debated. Moves, right, I debated between Porter and him. I went Porter. Who knows why? Oh, you heard it here first, people. Right. He was debating between Porter and him. And we already know I got Ringo, so are yeah. my corners better? No, they're not. We'll How do you know? Come but on. I will give you this. Cam Smith, as a junior, his you know what his QB rating was when he was targeted? Zero. 36.5. <laughs> not much above zero. Point is, again, when you're talking like a 200-plus rating or even 150-plus rating as being the rating for a, a quarterback to have a really solid game in the college or pro level, 36.5 is pretty you, good. Who are your two corners? Again? Better than yours. Who are they? But it's okay. Who are they? It's okay that my corners are better than yours. Who are they? It's okay that Joey Porter Jr. is better than yours. And Eli Ricks is better than yours. It's okay. Keely, I'll put my two corners against yours. Let's well, see. We got to do an on the air, we'll on have the a record bet. No, what no, are we betting? We'll no, figure out not, what we're betting later. We'll, we'll get, we're not betting. We got to figure out how you win the bet. I guarantee if, you Keely Ringo <laughs> and Cam Smith are better. Let's have a chat. Joey Porter Jr. probably ends up being a safety anyway. I'm going to find a way to get a hold of Joey Porter and Eli Ricks and say, hey, boys, help me out here. Eli Ricks can't even figure out what college he wants to play at. Well, because he's got to figure out who's going to give him the most money. We can actually joke about that being true now, though. (laughs) He can actually do that and not get in trouble. Carry on. (laughs) All right, I'm going to flip the script completely and go to the offensive line. And I'm going to go to Jarrett Patterson, who is a center who plays for one of your just absolute uh, favorite universities, and that is Notre Dame. Dan, cool it. Before we get to Notre Dame, dude. <laughs> we uh, got. I got this uh, Bardstown uh, Bourbon Company. Yeah, yeah, we little, know them. We've little we've... Uh, collaboration with it. So Bardstown, okay. Well, no, we've had stuff from Bardstown before. Yeah, they're in Kentucky, right? right. And they're actually, you know, getting off topic a little bit. They're wow. kind of taking over the uh, bourbon game in a mm-hmm. way because the only sourced bourbon comes out of Indiana. It's MGP, right. like sourced bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bar- Bardstown's going to do that now, too. Oh. So there's going to be sourced bourbon coming from Kentucky, which nice. is going to change the whole landscape of bourbon and mm-hmm. who the hell knows where. Because right now, <laughs> if you see sourced bourbon, I mean, it basically means mm-hmm. Indiana. Now you sure. got to be like, oh, where? from where? But anyhow. This is from Kentucky. This is from Kentucky, and it's a collaboration with the old Michiganders. What? From Grand Rapids, Founders. 
Not only is it Founders mm-hmm. in Grand Rapids, which is one of our favorite breweries. We do have some love. But uh, it's a collaboration, and it's barrel-aged with one of the my favorite, my all-time favorite, barrel-aged beers, the Kentucky Breakfast. They went KBS stuff. on it? KBS. See here? Nice. You didn't even know this until I just busted it out. Oh, oh I see it in the bottle see now. See in the back of the bottle? Yeah, the KBS and the silhouette KBS. back there. So, so Bardstown KBS bourbon. Yep. Bourbon in bourbon barrels with bourbon beer barrels. Too. It's 55% alcohol. It's a straight uh, bourbon whiskey finished in Founders KBS aged stout barrels. So it's bourbon in bourbon beer barrels. So, But it's weird because it's a beer aged in bourbon barrels and then mm-hmm. a bourbon aged in bourbon barrel aged beer barrels. Right, which is just... That's a Did I whole, say that right or no? That's a tongue twister right, right there. Let's, give it, let's get it down to the tongues here. There you go. That's oh. that pop we're looking for. Let's pause for effect. Now, don't give me too much, dude. I still have to be responsible tonight. So, oh, and that's got like that heavy metal cork, which we appreciate. So, Bardstown, you gave me more than you meant to. Well, Bardstown is being rude because their bottles are uh, not exactly the easiest to pour Mm, out of. Fair. All right. Well, give me what you got. Let's go with this. All right. So, this is the first time we've tasted this. So let's get let's get a get a nose for it. Way too expensive barrel. Mm. No, it's 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 relatively, you know, chill on the nose. Like it's not overpowering, but it's nice I and get a lot it's there. of like heavy dark notes. Like yeah. uh, and it makes sense. It's a right. breakfast stout. Mm-hmm. And again, some bourbon barrels. Got for the, the reminder, Bargetown Bourbon Company, Founders, straight bourbon whiskey finished in Founders A KBS aged stout barrels. Don't respond just yet. You just sipped it without me. All right, here we go. I'm so angry. That is incredibly good. Mm, it's fiery. It packs a punch, mm-hmm. but think about mm. all those like chocolate, malty, coffee notes that are right mm-hmm. there, though, that hit you. Mm-hmm. But what's cool is is that the heat from the 110 proof comes across as almost like a spice mm-hmm. rather than just it's burning up my Yeah, it's not like, pain. It's, it's spice. It's mm. like that. Ooh, especially when you let the – because I'm the kind of person where I'll drink it. I'll let it sit in the mouth for a bit, and then I'll swallow it because partially because I'm trying to handle the heat. But then also, you just let that that linger afterwards, and the linger is where I get that kind of toasty sort of dark. That's what they vibe. call the Kentucky hug. There you go. <laughs> so Kentucky hug is what's happening. So hug, a hug. Well, hug, yeah. hug, whatever you want to call. It. Point it's is internal. It's an internal hug. Can we both agree that this is probably a better choice than the mango habanero or Minskin American? This is better than anything we've drank today. Well, that's because you like bourbon better than anything else. The problem is, I don't know. I still don't know if it's worth... Say that again. Say this is better than anything we've tried the last couple days because this is is the episode on Tuesday. Uh, This is better than anything we've tried the past couple days. (laughs) But the the problem is Uh is the fact that uh, it's great as it is. Uh Uh-huh. Don't know if it's worth that price tag. What's the price tag? Are you crazy? I don't really want to talk about. No, go ahead. You got to admit to it. One hundred and fifty-five dollars. That's a lot. I got a lot of beer for that. Yes. So again, that and that's the challenge. Whenever you're doing bourbon at the level we're doing bourbon at, you, you got to. And again, we we go across the range because how much was that early times you grabbed up north? Twenty-two bucks right. for a liter. Oh, yeah, and again, obviously, that's the stuff that we, we know that uh, they changed the recipe on, so there's that piece. But, yeah, so this stuff. This Damn Bar- you, Sazerac. Right. This Bargetown KBS is awesome. And, again, we want to point out, at this point, and, again, we're only 30 episodes into the show, so who knows who's going to start paying for us later down the road. But right now, we don't get Bargetown's not giving us a bottle to try. Like, this is something you bought. 
for yeah, your show. And there were only twelve in the within like five, six, seven cities that right. I'm at right now. Exactly. So, so my point being, it was tough. This is good. Hence the re- 155. Yeah, this is good, but this isn't 155 good. No, with all respect no. to Bardstown and KBS. Yes, it's phenomenal. So yeah, all right. Well, you know what? Let's let's put a pin in this. Let's sip on this as we go. Take one more sip. Tell me what you think. So I, did a, I did a second sip. Okay. Mm, the nose even smells better now. Yeah, it's still warm. It's getting oxygenated. The warmth is different. The second sip, the warmth is different. All right. Well, I'm gonna keep sipping on this. Well, we get back into this draft we got. So getting back to what we're talking about with Notre Dame. So my next pick is the center for Notre Dame, and I think he's going to be center to the next level. Obviously, interior guys, you can float. Maybe they're going to be a guard, maybe going to be a center. But Jarrett Patterson, 6'4", 307-pound, senior. He came out as a four-star guy, so he's somebody that people obviously expected to be good anyways. And uh, he started as a sophomore, started as a junior. I uh, didn't play a whole season because of, uh, I think, some injuries. Senior, though, so he's a super senior, basically. Uh, he started all 13 games, had no sacks playing at center. And, I mean, he's not a giant, but I don't think centers need to be giants necessarily. Has great agility technique uh, and still decent enough size. I mean, he's 6'4", 300 pounds. He's going to be a fine from that standpoint. But he's got really good fundamentals, and uh, he's sneaky, sneaky good athlete, man. And I feel like he'd uh, do a good job of anchoring my line. It's a hell of a trusted program, I'll say that. Yeah, even if you don't like him. For O-linemen, anyways. Right. It's, it's like, is that, it's borderline O-line you these days. Just I think about. I've said that before, but. They pound him out. Yeah. Who's next for you? Uh, well, I'm going to I'm gonna go to the exact same uh, positional Wait. group there. Wait, I got ahead of myself. I got one more to talk about. We're doubling up, you know. We'll get I'm, after we're still snaking. It. I was ready to roll. Well, you can wait. I'm trying to throw you off. I'm taking Jordan Battle who is a 6'1", 200-pound safety that's going to be – he's one of those like hybrid safeties in the sense of he's going to play either free or strong. He's definitely somebody who can come up and thump like a linebacker. Um, look at last year. I'm not kidding you. 964 snaps. So, obviously, he, he's been started for the last two years, solid starter. QB rating when guys targeted him last year, 38.5. And that's not a QBR. That's the QB rating that goes up to 200-something. So this dude can lock it down out there. And uh, he, admittedly, he's 6'1". So he's not going to have as easy of a time matching up with some giant tight ends out there. But anybody else he'll be able to, to take care of. He's got really smooth Place hips. Plays for Bama, though. Yeah, I know. The I hit know. rate there is not. It's about the same well, as that 38 you're talking about. He's going he's gonna to hit people, though, so it's All okay. Right. Cool. And that's one of his I'm things. Just because I like my team. Yeah, right. he's a bit of a thumper. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. But he's a fantastic in coverage. And can really like crush the little dudes coming over the middle. He's got good hips, so he's a uh, good transition. And so yeah, Jordan Battle, I'm pretty happy with him at this point in the draft. Now you can go. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna stick to the same positional group, Whoops. but now that you ended with a with a safety there, I got to rewind to your previous pick. All right, so I'm gonna go a line here. Um, actually, I'm gonna do two alignment right in a row here. I got to fill out this. Uh, I can't, you know, knowing me and my style, I'm kind of shocked that I didn't go. O-lineman a lot quicker yeah, I am in this. Too. Maybe that has something to say about the offensive line prospects coming out in this upcoming draft. We're still it makes me sketch. feel good because Detroit's got a uh, solid O-line, so <laughs> no worries there. But anyhow, let me get into it. Uh, my next pick's going to be Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. He, he's also a four-star recruit, just like Patterson mm-hmm. was there from Notre Dame. Um, Harrison, though, I mean, it's t- – you could give statistics on O-linemen. I mean, the guys played like a thousand snaps, and you know he allowed mm-hmm. three sacks. But <laughs> at a thousand snaps, that's that's not all that bad. You're doing, you right. know what I mean. But um, really, with O-linemen, for me, like like you say, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of stats there, but it is mm-hmm. all eye test, which mm-hmm. is my favorite thing. 
uh, wouldn't go out on a limb saying this is some generational talent or anything, but he definitely plays with like that nasty demeanor, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, like there, there's no quitting the guy, and he just keeps going. I mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as say he's got the same amount of uh, enthusiasm that Trevor Penning has, who's <laughs> been kicked out of practice three times, who was my guy mm-hmm. from this past draft. But you, you can see the type of offensive lineman that I like, and I, I, I kind of see that in Anton Harrison. Can I, can I give you one stat for him from his ESPN College Combine workout stats? Lay it on me. His 40-yard dash, 5.6. Wow. He's not a fast mover. I don't really want him to go anywhere. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean, I just I, I'm a big fan. Um, we'll see what we'll see what uh, the season brings. See what he can do there in Oklahoma. All right, my next pick here is going to be another four star recruit. Um, you know, and now that we're sitting here, I'm sitting here thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of wondering why I picked him. Like, am I allowed to change one of my picks on the fly? Nope. I'm not. Nope. This is our Man. first pre-training but camp. Even if it's a guy that wasn't drafted? Nope. We can talk about him later. Well, at the time. Okay, so the eye test thing, Jalen Duncan um, mm-hmm. from Maryland. I, I like him. I've seen a lot of him. He's, he's already played four years of football there in Maryland. Obviously, we spent okay. a lot of time watching Michigan. Well, well, yeah, so we see a lot of Big Ten football, mm-hmm. you know, because we're Michigan fans. And Maryland's in the Big Ten. Yeah, he's been there four <laughs> years. He's going to be there another year because, you know, the whole COVID extra year eligibility mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see more of him. Um, I think the reason I picked him is because I've seen a lot of him, and he's kind of got that same, like, nasty no-quit demeanor, that, which is why I got him. But the reason why I say, man, I kind of wanted to change it in the moment is in those four years, the guy's actually given up quite a bit of sacks. I mean, so he, he's got he's got some work to do, but he just plays the way that I, I, I like to see offensive linemen mm-hmm. play. But I, I was going to try to change it to Zach Center, uh, <laughs> well, my Michigan interior lineman. We'll talk about him but another it's fine. time. It's fine. I'm confident in Jalen Duncan, and we'll move mm-hmm. on. Who you got? Here's what I can tell you. I looked at the picture of Jalen Duncan and looking at NFLDraftBuzz.com. That man has got a shirt that is, like, hanging off his neck. So I'm not sure if he's either got a little bit trimmer, if he's lost a little bit of weight or what. But uh, either way, that's something to keep I can tell eye. you he's, like, 6'6", 225. 325. 325. So, right. I mean, was he 365? he's not small, man. <laughs> so was he 365 and has he cut himself down? Who knows? All right. So my next two picks, I am going to be going to the tight end room and grabbing Sam Laporta tight end out of iowa because you can't really go wrong with an iowa tight end it's a great pick they they tend full, full disclosure i didn't think i tried to offer you a trade you did, did. I? Uh-huh. And yeah. I was gonna give you mayor no just so i could get sewell right fair well right now i've got laporta in my crew now he's you know depending on who you talk to he's either the second or third tight end everyone's looking at along with eric gilbert but i think both of us like mayor and laporta better and one of the reasons why is when you're an Iowa tight end, you usually you know, work out pretty well. But he only had 53 catches last year, and I say only, but that's an Iowa offense. Iowa is not known, as much as they churn out great tight ends, they're not known for throwing the ball to their tight ends all the time. But he did a great job. Uh, again, just a good blocker, uh, good quickness. And again, it's 6'4", 249. He's going to be able to move people around pretty well. Uh, but again, soft hands too, so... The uh, the real question for him uh, is is can he you know get to the blocks as well as he should be able to given his size he's he's a bit oddly dude needs to to not skip leg day is really what it comes down to he's got some upper body to him but uh, he needs to be able to anchor a little better than what he's been doing but overall still pretty happy with him I think it's a relatively thin group of uh, tight ends right now uh, there's a there's a lot of question marks that are going to be coming that way and big question mark I I'm doing a reach. 
because I've pretty much mm. filled out my defense, and I wanted some versatility with my last pick. I do not know uh, if this guy is going to be able to go in the first round, if, if people are going to pull him up that high. But I do know that one of two things has come out of this. I don't believe this man is going to be just an average player. He's either going to be awesome or no one's going to talk about him again, and we're going to forget I ever said this. But J.L. Skinner. Safety out of Boise State. Now, I say safety. He's 6'4", 220. So he's one of those safety hybrid linebacker, float him anywhere around the field kind of things. Uh, and very much like, uh, if you want to call it, like a poor man's Kyle Hamilton. He's a 4'5", so he's still fast. And this guy, as a junior, had 72 tackles and really did a good job of getting around a couple interceptions QB ratings weren't amazing. They were a little high. But uh, point is, he's got the physical frame to be able to do a lot of different things and to be able to match up in a lot of different areas in the back seven of a defense. So uh, maybe I'm pushing a little bit for him. Uh, maybe his his explosion isn't quite what it needs to be. But I still think he's not going more past the, even maybe the second round, third round, at worst. But I still think he plays well. People start looking at him. He has a good combine. He could easily be a first-round pick. You can disagree with me. That's fine. No, I don't. I don't disagree with you at all, Dan. Because I think I'm going to go for a bit of a reach with my next <laughs> next pick here. Um, it was a player that, for some reason, actually not some reason, exactly why I thought uh, you might be the guy that pulled the trigger on him. But uh, I'm going to reach a little bit for a quarterback out of Syracuse, which is why I uh-huh. thought you, I said cornerback, right? You said quarterback, but I think you meant cornerback. Yeah, I meant cornerback. Yeah, yeah. Only anyone knows of any quarterbacks out of Syracuse right now. No. Uh, so yeah, Garrett, Garrett Williams, uh, ah. I'm going to, I'm going to grab him as a corner here. Um, he was a three-star recruit coming out of high school, you know, mm-hmm. um, depending, depending on what website you're looking at, um, man, some, some people have him ranked super low. Some people have him ranked fairly high. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I, I tend to agree with some of the people who rank him a little higher. <laughs> uh, He's got a little bit of the eye test going on. He's created some, some turnovers here and there, but I think mostly is, is this guy just looks good from the when I've seen him play, and it just seems like the Syracuse scheme doesn't do much to like help <laughs> him out or put him in position. Does that make sense at mm-hmm. all? Yeah, I, I don't know. I it just does. get a vibe, and it's literally like it's not even eye test. It's just a vibe. This is going to be a good player. Mm-hmm. So that's really all I have to go off from at this point. Mm-hmm. Watch a guy play just looks like they're not using him the right way but i see the talent sure and again sometimes when you're talking about corners you know how are they using him are they pressing him are they doing having a more drop back off because a guy could be a really good press corner and he's telling him well you need to stay 10 yards off the whole time and now he's not playing to his strengths so that, that's always possible when it comes to how teams are using players certainly it's perfect timing for us both just to kind of put our cards on the table for our for our reaches right yep. there if you will that worked out <laughs> uh my next pick though uh, I'm excited. I've talked about this guy a lot on one of our previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know who it is, don't you? You've talked about him enough to where I got a pretty good feeling. We already talked about how my, arguably both my receivers are better than your two receivers. Yeah, well, you yeah. took them earlier. But, but I have the best slot receiver. <laughs> I got my guy Zay Flowers from mm-hmm. Boston College. I understand it. You know, He's mm-hmm. a 5'10". He's not the tallest guy. Mainly, he's just a little lean. He's, mm-hmm. he's a generous 177, and I'll, I'll say the same thing I said in the past. The, the guy doesn't show up on the stat sheet a whole lot, but when you watch the game, mm-hmm. I, I watch the game and I feel like the guy comes out with like 10 grabs, 100 yards, and a <laughs> touchdown. You know what I mean? Quietly. And it's, yeah, but it never happens. 
He only had like <laughs> 44 grabs for like 800 yards last year. I think he only had like half a dozen touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But it just he is so shifty and electric. I, th- I bet he runs at least a 4-4. Four, four. Potentially. Probably less. I'm going to say he's probably going to run in the high four threes. Mm-hmm. Shifty guy, great hands. I got my own little personal bias going on with him. Uh, I, I don't know. What are you? Th- you got to be a little mad. I, I mean, mean, he's good, man. I'm not mad. I'm I'm a little bit irritated, but I think that you you're higher on him than a lot of other people when you look at some of the the rankings and things that are out there. But I can tell you, his 40 times they have him clocked at right now is a four three seven. So spot on though. Yeah, he's, right he's very there. twitchy. Right. Like initial. Well, he's five ten, one seventy two. So he's God, not a big just, boy. But to put like as long because like I said, he's not one of my top two wideouts here. But to put him in the slot, sure. Stoked. But let's be honest, he's not even really 5'10", is he? No. He's probably 5'8". Yeah. I mean, I remember, again, I tell people this story, and then we'll get back to the Yeah, draft. we talked about AB quite a bit. Antonio Brown is not 5'11". I'm sorry. Even with the fro, boy is not 5'11". I'm just, we'll just call it what it is. But All right, so I've got two more picks. I've got four more picks to make, and my next two are both uh, offensive line while I'm trying to finish that out. Cooper Beebe from Kansas State. He's a six foot four inch, three hundred and twenty two pound guard who's just gonna road great people. He's a great uh, run blocker. He's the kind of guy that you expect to just absolutely go out there and maul somebody. Uh, yeah, admittedly, he's probably not gonna be somebody that you're gonna want to because he's played a lot of tackle at uh, Kansas State. I definitely envision him as a guard, and I think he's gonna be just fine there. I think he's probably questionable on his quickness to be able to keep up with some of the elite edge rushers, but smart dude. Definitely someone that uh, I'd like to see on there, and uh, he's he's somebody who's definitely ready to, to challenge someone yeah, at the Coop, point of its end. Coop Dog was definitely one of the guys I was I was targeting, and he, he got him right before I was ready to pull the trigger. So, and well done, I'll take it. <laughs> and then uh, I'm also going with another guard for my next pick, and that's Andrew Voorhees out of USC. He's 6'6", 325. So he he's also might boy. be 66 years old, too. Also true. He does look old in his picture, but uh, it just means he's no, I so think he's on like wisdom. his seventh year wisdom. of college or something. Wisdom. Wisdom. Yes. He was a freshman in 2018, so he's been around for a bit. Yeah, sure. I'll give you that. He's, he's another guy who took the extra COVID year, dude. Mm-hmm. So taking the extra COVID year, uh, he's one of the better guards that are going to come out uh, in the draft right now, partially because, yeah, he's got the experience. He knows what he's doing. Admittedly, his arms are only 32 and a half for a 6'6 guy, so that's a little bit strange. Not good. Well, it's why he's going to be a guard. Yeah, but I think that Still he's going to be. Still not good. Well, he's just he's just a thick boy who's going to hang out there. He's a and thick get in old the man with stubby arms. He's wow. like a T-Rex. <laughs> got a big head and little arms. Yeah, you tell me what you'd do if a T-Rex was coming at you, though. You'd still get out the way. No, I wouldn't. I'd stand there. You can't see me. Uh, okay, that's not – anybody who says, oh, oh, they can only do it by sight or smell or hear. It's like those dudes could see, all right? That is a misconception. I don't care what Jurassic Park is trying hey, to teach you. Jurassic Park is the truth. I will put you up against a T-Rex and Andrew Voorhees, and you're going to run away from both of them. All right, who you got, Nice. You did. You you ripped through two already. I did. They're offensive well done, line guys, sir. like we talked about. There's not a ton of notes you can have on offensive linemen from a stat standpoint. You can just see someone hit another man and be like, "Yes." All right, right. So my next guy here, Jalen Catalon. 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 How do you say his name, Dan? Catalon. Catalon. Cool. Uh, Calzone. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, have you seen him? I have not. He just he just looks like a linebacker playing safety. This guy. 5'10", 200. I'm telling you, the 200 he's carrying, he's stacked. Mm-hmm. He looks good. He's going to be a very, very, very good safety. Um, he does look like a thick gentleman. I know. I think he missed some time 
in 2021. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. I think he only played a handful of games. So, yeah. Um, you know, you rewind it to 2020. He's a hunter tackle safety. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who's getting five interceptions, so he's getting all the tackles like a safety. He's creating turnovers just like he's playing, you know, like a cornerback. Um, but my goodness, his not only is this guy just absolutely shredded, but he is fast. Like the, when I talk about an eye test, and I wouldn't say he's got all the eye tests, mm-hmm. and I'm putting all my cards on the table, but. My goodness, when you see a player with a ball in their hands, mm-hmm. how quickly he closes on the player, <laughs> so impressive. And he can he can thump. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, the, he's, well, he's better than your <laughs> – I like him better than uh, your Bama safety. You you can thump until someone throws the ball over his head. Hey, hey, we'll see. But <laughs> Arkansas, forgive me, I don't know if I said we came out of mm-hmm. Jalen Catalone. I say it right that time? Yep. Catalan, Catalan. And he and he did have a, a season engine, ending injury last year. That's why he only played. What six was games. it? I knew he missed I'm some time, but I forget to, what it was. Here's what I'm telling you: no one is talking about what it was. That just means that's either good you know. or bad, right? Uh, crazy thing. I'm going to stick with the exact same university here. Oh, you're doubling well, up on Razorbacks? Yep, I'm going to double up on the Razorback. I'm going to take their senior center, Ricky Stromberg. He was the other guy I was looking at a center. So aha, uh-huh. so you choice. took BB and Stromberg was my backup. But they're there you go. Admittedly, they're 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 both pretty close. I mean, he's a four star uh, recruit coming out of high school. He's he's played a lot of football um, in two years. I think he had didn't he have like fourteen fifteen hundred. Uh, snaps and or, and I think he only allowed three or four sacks in like fourteen fifteen hundred. So again, that's not too bad. You can't complain. Considering the my my guy out of Maryland, I took Jalen Duncan. Mm-hmm. I think there, I think there's a season where he allowed seven sacks. So I kind of wanted to sl- slide in Zach mm-hmm. Zinter over him. <laughs> but getting back to Stromberg, um, he he I don't know I I pro- I don't think I would say that he plays with like that nasty edge that I like, like everyone else on my line, but I'm okay with that mm-hmm. being at center because this is a guy that he's got all the football smarts and the intelligence, the mm-hmm. leadership, and I kind of like that at center. So basically I built an offensive line with like four just absolute animals <laughs> and then like one super smart <laughs> guy right yeah, in the right. middle. So I, I, I like where my O-line's headed. I, I got a little bit of question marks around Duncan, but uh, all mm-hmm. in all, I like my – I think that wraps up my starting five. Yeah, probably. I'm, gonna- I'm good with that. I'm going to flip it back to Catalan really quick because I was able to pull up. It was a shoulder injury that kept him out of the rest of the season last year. Here's the other thing, though, too. Uh, he also tore his ACL as a senior in high school and was out in his entire senior year. So we'll, we'll talk about it. your big bad boy thumping around there has had two season-ending injuries in four huh. years. If he can stay healthy, right? he's a monster. <laughs> That's kind of where you come from with all that. It is It is very much a can, it can guys but, stay healthy. But, again, and I know we're not going to – you know, use this reference every single episode we do this. But, you know, I want to reiterate one more time, though, if we did this, you know, four or five years ago, mm-hmm. I probably would not have taken anyone with an ACL injury because right. it was probably, what, six, seven years ago Ish. where ACL started not to be as, as big, big of a deal. thing. But mm-hmm. I don't think I really bought into it till about three or four years ago. Like, okay, mm-hmm. players are actually coming back from these and looking okay. Right. So now it's and, the Achilles. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like we brought it up a hundred times. I just wanted to say. I just wanted to point <laughs> out that I wouldn't have touched Catalan. Sure. You know, five years ago. Right. Well, I've got two more picks to make, and one of mine is a guy who I don't know might be just as good of a slot receiver as your boy. We'll what? see. I mean, blasphemy. He's, he's good. He's very good. I'm intrigued. He's Josh Downs. 
No, he's 5'10", he's 171, so he's pretty much the same kind of size as your Zay Jones boy, but he runs three hundredths of a second faster. Oh, okay, that's because that's what somebody typed on a yeah, damn computer no, right? screen. Watch the games, and you tell me who's more Look, twitchy. All I'm telling you is, as a sophomore last year, as a sophomore, not one of these extra COVID guys, 101 catches, 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns. So well, definitely had more production. Yeah. Well, he, had, he admittedly, he had a quarterback that was healthy the whole season. <laughs> he, had, he had Howell. So, again, that'll be a question, too, for him. Uh, it, the real question for him, uh, is he going to be able to use his hands the way he needs to to catch the ball downfield? But he's one of those guys. He's speed, balance, quickness, vision. The dude can just move around the field how he needs to. And so I think this will be fun for both of us to take a peek at and see who has the better season this year see who has a better look coming into next year. So between Josh Downs and Zay Flowers, I think both of us are going to be quite uh, curious to see who we get to trumpet coming the other way. And so now we get to my last pick, and I I have to take a quarterback. You do. And there's a debate. It's coin flip for me. You, you took Will Levis, who could end up being amazing. I still think Will is a tier below the two guys that are at the top, and a lot of people are wondering who would I take between those two guys, well, here it is. I I can't I can't take another Buckeye. It's got to be Bryce Young. That's hilarious. You know why it's hilarious? Because because I feel like Stroud yeah. is the best quarterback out of the he three, and is, neither one of us took him. No, wait, just, uh, <laughs> can't do it. Oh, we'll have to talk about him on the next episode. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, hey, look, we're we're pretty confident C.J. Stroud might end up being the number one pick coming out. But right now, I'm saying Bryce Young. Why? I don't know. He won a Heisman last year. Did he, he shouldn't have. Another well, player on his own yeah. team should have won it. Well, well yes, I drafted but, number one overall. But he also won the Davey O'Brien and Manning Awards, which are quarterback awards. So he was considered the best quarterback in the year. In the, in Doesn't the, mean the he should have won the Heisman. Year. No, but he did also put up 45 touchdowns. He took 32 sacks. That's how bad their offensive line was. And yet, he still threw for 45 touchdowns. Still threw... Uh, for 4,400 yards. Didn't Stroud beat him across the board and all those stats? I, I think that's debatable. So let's. here's what I can tell you. This guy is faster than Stroud. He's quicker than Stroud. I think he might be more accurate than Stroud. That's a debatable point. I'll, I'll let that one out there. But he isn't as big as Stroud, and so there's that. He is definitely a six-foot, 200-pound guy, so he's not a large individual. But I think he's got the brain for the game, and I would rather have him on my team than why does Stroud. It, why does it feel like you're trying to sell yourself on your own pick rather than sell Young no, to I just, like the, the listeners? No, okay, I don't need to sell a Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback you, maybe to the you listeners. Do. All I need to sell them is it's okay that What's he went to hit? Alabama. What is it? I want to someday. I got to look this up. What's the hit rate of the Heisman? Like, oh no, don't go there. That's just depressing. I already knew the answer, so that's why <laughs> I wanted not to good. bring it up. It's not good. I, the first Heisman. Johnny trophy, Manziel won a Heisman too. Right. One Where of the first. Did he win two? Uh, no, he won one. No, only one. Only one's won yeah. two is Archie. Archie Griffin's the, still the only guy who's won two. Uh, the the first quarterback that I can remember being like a Heisman guy and thinking this might not pan out was Gino Toretta at Miami in the early 90s oh, man. when you were a young pup. Yep. And I remember watching him in the Sugar Bowl against Alabama when it wasn't the, quite the same Alabama, but still. It's like he got lit up by the Alabama defense. I'm like, cool, maybe this Heisman Trophy thing isn't such a big deal. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Bryce Young, starting quarterback for my team at this point. <laughs> All right, and the last pick for me, uh-huh. ultimate eye test guy. Okay. This is a guy I would pound the table for. for he is different. Okay. Uh, ultimate biased pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to finally draft a running back. Okay. 
because the only running back I was willing to even somewhat draft kind of high was the one that you took that I tried to trade for. Uh, but anyhow, Blake Corum, Michigan, <laughs> go blue, five foot eight, two hundred. This guy, Barry Sanders, that, when he runs, I feel like I can see streaks behind him, and his because his straight line speed, <laughs> he's so darn fast. Uh, so we faster were talking. Than Barry well, who are the two players? We're just, he ain't no, he's not faster. Faster than Barry, not quicker than Barry faster than Barry. Barry Sanders Barry got ran an unofficial. He's one of like three players to unofficially run a 4.39 for Earth. 3.9 something 40. Well, yeah, but Barry still got caught Both from behind. Both Sanders allegedly did it. Barry Dion still got caught and Barry. I love Barry, but he still got caught from behind. because he rarely just let it open up. Barry couldn't do a 100-yard run. He didn't want to just wave at somebody in the rearview mirror. He wanted to break their knees. Barry could do a 50-yard run. Ankles and hips and... Barry had so many 50-yard runs, but he, never, he didn't break away for touchdowns. So Blake I, Corum can break I, away for touchdowns. Blake Corum. And you know what my favorite thing is other than eye test? With running backs specifically. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that, you know, you've got another guy who, geez, Donovan Edwards next year. He <laughs> might – he Donovan Edwards might be mm-hmm. the number one guy next year. He's really good. He is man. very good. Because the way – in today's NFL, this, the complete, you know, dual threat back, yep. my goodness. But it ain't the size. Get right, back to him next year. Gotta, next year? Yeah, yeah, next year. But Blake Corum, the th- what I'm getting at here is outside of the eye test with Corum and being absolutely electric and being dual threat too because he can run, he can catch, he can do everything you need him to do is the fact that you've got two, three really good running backs there so he's not getting all that extra wear and tear. Like mm-hmm. la- last year he only had 144 attempts and he averaged like 75 yards a carry. Just kidding. Hmm. It was probably like six and a half or somewhere in that ballpark, I'm sure, because the dude was absolutely ripping it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I – I don't know. Okay. Well, you know that I appreciate Blake Corum. Yes. You know that I'm a huge fan of him. Yes. Here's a note that NFLDraftBuzz.com has on him. Offers little in pass protection and poor technique cut blocking. Fails to do more than slow down blitzers by laying down in front of them. Yeah, I didn't say he was a blocker. I said he's like <laughs> dual threat. He can catch out of the backfield. He is He is listed on that side. He's 5'8", 200. Different sites do different things, When right? Will Anderson comes right around the corner, it's not going to end well. No, not for anybody. <laughs> I it's would, not going to end like Clowney and uh, Smith. I would do some Olay stuff if he came at me. There's no doubt about that. But right. you know what his draft projection is right now? Blake Corum? He's probably a day two guy. He is an undrafted free agent, according to his website. Oh, that's silly. Wait till he goes <laughs> to the combine and shreds it and wait till yeah. after the season. I guarantee he's a third-round pick. Well, and that's one of the reasons why, as we wrap up our our take on all of our players that we would have that we'd be picking on this, uh, that's why we're talking about it because there are guys, and we haven't even started. We're into training camps now for college players and workouts as they're getting ready for the season to start in about a month, but we're talking about guys who haven't even set foot on a field yet this year and may or may not have had a ton of production coming in, and I do think Blake Quorum will be drafted by the time the draft rolls around next year. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, uh, I think the highlight of today is still that that beautiful Bardstown KBS. Are we going to have another recap on the KBS? Is that what we're getting into right now? I just wanted well, the to comment. Bardstown KBS collaboration. Yeah, I just wanted to comment one more time that that was that was gorgeous. It I was mean, incredible. The price tag's a bit hefty, but the the flavor is pretty amazing. So that'll wrap us up for this one. Next time, we're going to talk about the guys we didn't talk about in these past few episodes. Because let's be honest, there's more than 44 players that deserve our attention in the college football world right now. So enjoy this one. We'll catch you later in the week with some more draft guys.